0: Verse 18 of Jeremiah 8 is where we will begin today. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, and he writes in verse 18, When I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. Behold the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people because of them that dwell in a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion. Is not her king in her. Why have they provoked me to anger with her graven images and with strange vanities. Jeremiah is saying this is not really how I want to feel. I I don't want to feel the way I'm feeling, but I just can't help it. I, I, I want to feel differently. I want to feel better. But he said, my heart is faint. I want to comfort myself, but I can't find comfort because my heart is faint within me. And he said, I'm hearing... The cry of the daughter of my people and the, the voice of, of the cry of the daughter of my people is because of those that dwell in a far country. God's people are concerned about what they're seeing in the world. And he says, I'm, I'm hearing things that I should not be hearing. We're concerned, yes, but we're not pining for the world. We're not longing for the world. We've been brought out of darkness. We're not better than anybody, but God's been good to us. Jeremiah asked some very simple questions. Is not the Lord in Zion? Why are we so distracted? Why are we being so tempted by things that God delivered us from when we've got the Lord? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images and with strange vanities. Verse 21, for the hurt of the daughter of my people am I hurt. Notice verse 22, he asks again another plain question, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? We've got what we need. Amen. We have what we need for the goodness of the Lord, for the promises of God. We have what we need for spiritual health. And Jeremiah is wanting to know why are there so many sick folk when we have plenty of healing balm? Amen. All of this is what I'm saying and commentating about Jeremiah's prophecy here is really just trying to help lay a foundation Because our our message today is coming from verse number 20. Some of the most haunting, really haunting words in all of Scripture. When Jeremiah says the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. That, That ought to disturb you. Amen. From the longest tenured child of God in the room to every guest in this sanctuary, amen. That ought to uh, stir your soul up today. To read words like this in the Bible—that the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Amen. With God's help today, I want to preach saved before the end of summer. Amen. Saved before the end of summer. Amen. Would you lift up your voice together? The Holy Ghost is in this house to help everybody in this room today. God, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for a spiritual directive today. I lift up your holy name, Jesus. Glorify the mighty name of the Lord. Glory to the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And everyone said in Jesus' name, please be seated. Lord bless you. Thank you for your attentiveness to the word of the Lord today. Amen. 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 We read in... Uh, the Word of God, the book of Ecclesiastes, a not just words, but really a concept and a principle of the kingdom of God when the wise man writes to everything, uh, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. God is not bound to... By time, He dwells in eternity. But He works in time. He's not bound by it, but He created it. The evening and the morning were the first day. And He created the sun to rule by day and the moon and the stars to rule by night. He meant God created seasons. Amen. He, his covenant promise to Noah. He says, "As long as the earth remaineth, summer and winter, cold and heat, seed time and harvest will not cease." There's going to be winters that are colder than others. There'll be summers that are hotter than others. There'll be springs that are stormier than others. There'll be Autumn and fall that have more beautiful color than others. But God says as long uh, as there's an earth, there's going to be seasons. There's going to be a sunrise uh, and a sunset. There's going to be a month uh, that turns into uh, the next month. Time will keep marching on as long uh, as there is uh, an earth. And so we understand that he is a God of all power. He's a God of infinite power. The Bible just declares he's the almighty God. Jesus said all power in heaven and earth belongs to me. We cannot comprehend his greatness, his power, his ability. It's beyond uh, the limits of our human comprehension. We just know if it can be done, God can do it. Amen, amen. And so God that does not dwell in time or is controlled by time uh, or is limited by time uh, works in time. Amen. There was a time in John's gospel that he wrote about it a time uh, that there were some folks that thought Jesus was late. Now, he he was late for what their faith uh, expected because they sent word to Jesus in plenty of time for him to get where they were in time to do what they were wanting him to do. It's the story of Lazarus and his sisters Mary And Martha, and they sent word to the Lord that says, Your friend Lazarus uh, is sick. If you'll come, uh, you can heal him. As a matter of fact, when Jesus showed up after Lazarus uh, not only had died, but he had been dead for four days. I mean, the man's his friend, and he didn't even show up at the funeral. And so they're probably just a little bit myth. And before we we throw them under the bus, you'd probably been miffed too. I mean, we're friends. We've got the inside track. I mean, if he's going to do anything for anybody, surely he's going to do something for us. I mean, we're friends. We've got a relationship. We know him. He knows us. He spent time with us. He sat at our table. We're friends uh, with Jesus. And his friend Lazarus is sick. Uh, And not only did he not come and heal him, but he let him die, didn't even come to his funeral. And then four days after his death, now he wants to show up. And Martha met him and said, Lord, had you been here, our brother had not died. You could have prevented uh, this tragedy. What she was saying was, I don't understand. I did what I was supposed to do. What's wrong with you? That's strong language today, but Martha was, was stirred up in her spirit. Lord, had you been here, our brother had not died. It meant we could have been having fellowship with our healed brother. And now we're mourning the loss and the death of our dead brother. What she's saying is, Lord, you're late. You're late. You're too late for a healing. But Jesus said, Martha, I am Or he said, rather, your brother will rise again. She did not disagree with him, but she's still not uh, dwelling in the time frame that Jesus is. Because when Jesus shows up, she said, it's all about the past. If you'd have been here. Holy Ghost is working right now. And when Jesus said he's going to rise again, uh, all of a sudden she goes from the past to the future. She jumps right over the present and says, Lord, I know that in the resurrection, at the last day, he will rise again. But Jesus said, Martha, amen, look it's here. It's not about the past, and it's not about the future. It's about the present. I am the resurrection and the life." He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Didn't you hear what I said? Uh, Your brother uh, will rise uh, again. Take me to the grave. Uh, Roll away the stone. Oh, no, Lord. Oh, no, Lord. Don't don't go there. Uh, Let's not do that. Uh, He's been dead four days. Uh, He's already starting to decompose. There's going to be a stench of death in that tomb. Let's just leave it alone. Oh, no. Amen. And Martha, I realize I'm too late for what you wanted me to do. But you understand I'm right on time for what I've come to do. I said I'm too late for a healing but I'm right on time for a resurrection I've come to declare that there is a time and a season for everything I want you to know it's high time to take the lid off of God. It's high time to open the gate. Amen. And let Jesus out and let him be the kind of God he wants to be for you. Well, let's clap our hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. I hope you're doing more than just hearing my words. I hope you're feeling the Spirit of God. That's anointing this evangelist to preach the mind of God to your soul today. I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to ministry. I'm preaching to everyone here today. If you're in this place, God's talking to you. Amen. You need to let God be what he wants to be whenever, however, to whomever he chooses. You know, we have our opinions and our perspectives and we want and we think a lot of times that God ought to go along with our perspective and our perception and our opinion. Surely, surely God would want to save somebody like that, but I'm not sure about somebody like that. My Bible says whosoever, it's not up to you. It's not up to you who's going to be saved. Jesus said it's whosoever will. It's up to the one that needs saved whether or not they're going to be saved or not. Whosoever will. If you want to be, you can be. But you don't have to be. God will not save you beyond uh, override your will. It meant God will not circumvent your personal desire. He will not make you be saved. He will not save you against your will. What are you saying, Brother Walter? I'm saying that the surrendering of your will and the acceptance of his will is a vital ingredient to your personal salvation. He meant he's not willing uh, that any should perish. let's Let's just understand it together today. If it was up to the devil, nobody would be saved. And if it was up to God, everybody would be saved. Because he's not willing that any should perish. And so it's not up to the devil. And it's not up to God. It's up to you. I know I'm being bold today. I'm not trying to be out of the way or chauvinistic or too forceful. But you need somebody to get in your face uh, and tell you it's time for you to make up your mind. I'm going to live for God. Amen, I'm preaching some good saints of God. It's time for you to make up your mind. I'm going to fulfill my potential in the kingdom. I'm going to stop messing around and patty-cake it around. Amen. I'm going to let my life mean something in the kingdom. It's not about pride and arrogance. It's not unrighteous. Amen. Or unsanctified ambition. It's a desire in my soul. I want to be saved. And I want to help somebody else be saved. I want to pray in such a way. Amen that I am effective in the kingdom. I want to live in such a way and come to church in such a way and worship God in such a way. Well, let's praise the Lord together. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Amen, somebody's thinking right now, I guess when the Lord gets ready, I'll get saved. Amen, he's been ready. When you were born into the world, he was ready. When you discovered America, he was ready. When you started breathing air, he was ready. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all, that all, that all should come to repentance. Hey, man, I've got to preach this. I've got to get this burden off of me. Don't think that you can bypass repentance uh, in your pursuit of salvation. This is one of the major scriptural and spiritual fallacies of the nominal religion. They bypass repentance. There is no repentance in accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. There is no repentance in uh, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. I mean, if it's there, show me. I, I don't see it. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. There's no repentance there. And Jesus said, repent. And believe the gospel. Repent and obey the gospel. Not just acknowledge the gospel, but believe it. What's the Bible? Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, brother Walter, the scripture says with amen, confession is made unto salvation. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. That does not say you are saved. It does not say that saves you. I know, I know I'm preaching to Amen uh, uh, to the choir, but somebody needs to hear what this preacher's preaching right now. Confessing with your mouth does not save you. Accepting Jesus Christ does not save you. It helps you be saved, but that is not the plan of salvation. Nowhere in your Bible did anybody get saved by shaking a preacher's hand, signing a church card, accepting Jesus, confessing with their mouth, As far as that's concerned, amen, those that Paul said, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, amen, he was writing, he meant to a bunch of Roman apostolics, he meant to that same Roman church, he wrote to them in chapter 1, to all that be in Rome called to be saints, amen, that already repented of their sins, been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you're going to testify from Romans, I'll preach from it. Amen. He said, amen, how precious or how beautiful are them, amen, those feet of them that preach the gospel. Amen. We're going to talk about confession and accepting and believing. you got to hear the truth. He said, how can they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? He said, it's like Isaiah said, they've not all obeyed the gospel. He meant thank God for your acceptance. Thank God for your confession. Now do something with it. I'm not against you. I'm for you. But there's something burning in the heart of this evangelist today. You don't have much time left. I said, you don't have much time left. I don't know when Jesus is coming. I just know he is. I don't know how many days I've got left to live. I don't know if I'll get to preach tonight or not. But I know I'm preaching now. And i got to help somebody understand it's past time to be saved. Oh somebody call upon the name of the Lord. Oh somebody call. Somebody call on his name. Somebody call. He meant Isaiah's lamenting. He said there was an opportunity for something to change. And those that needed change did not respond in enough time. And the harvest has passed. And the summers ended. And we're not saved. There was something God was wanting to do. And we let the opportunity pass. It's with that same lamentation, with that same mournful and grievous spirit on his heart that Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem. The Bible said he wept over the city. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem thou that killest the prophets. He said, how often I would have gathered you unto myself like a hen would gather her chicks but you wouldn't, you wouldn't respond. He said, there's going to be some things that happen to you that doesn't have to happen, but it's going to happen because you did not know the time of your visitation. That word visitation there literally means the time that God came personally to help you take my word for it or study it out for yourself, but you'll, you'll come with the same conclusion. Visitation is the time. It's God's personal visit to help you. He said, you didn't know who I was. I'm not just Mary and Joseph's boy. Man, I'm, I'm more than Jesus of Nazareth. I'm the I'm the Messiah. Uh, I and my Father are one. You didn't believe it when I said that. You took up stones to stone me because you thought being a man I was making myself God. But you didn't understand I was the arm of the Lord being revealed. I was the fulfillment of Isaiah nine and six. Under us a child is born, under us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Ever. Who are we talking about? We're talking about a child born and a son given. We're talking about a child and a son, but the name of that child and son will be Wonderful Counselor. The name of that child and son will be the Mighty God, the Ever. Lasting Father. Jesus is not God number two. Jesus is not Jehovah Junior. Jesus is not the second person of a fictitious trinity. Amen. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. And Paul said we're complete in him. Jesus is who he said he was to Philip. He says, have I been so long time with you, and yet thou knowest not who I am? I sayest thou, show me the Father. He that has seen me has seen the Father. That's who Messiah is. Amen. God said to the Old Testament prophets, I look for a man that can make up the gap and take up the... Uh, Stand in the gap and make up the hedge, but I couldn't find one. Therefore, his own arm brought to him salvation. God said, I can't find anybody to do it, so I'll do it myself. Doesn't make a lick of sense for a husband to be standing outside of a burning building and his lovely wife. Bride is in danger of being burned up in the fire. And he turns to his son and says, Son, I love my bride so much. Go save her. But what about John 3 16? That's exactly what I'm preaching. God so loved the world, he gave himself. God so loved the world, he gave his son that whosoever, son is not, uh, amen, Jehovah, Jr. Amen, you're going to argue who the son is? Amen, show me from Scripture who the father is. Prove to me that who you claim, if you're Trinitarian, who you claim the father is, is really the father. Because I can show you in Scripture, if there is a Trinity that wasn't the Father that caused conception the virgin, it was the Spirit. The angel that came from heaven says, i got a message from God for you. Uh, Amen. The Holy Ghost will overshadow you. And so if there's a Trinity, the Father's not the Father. The Holy Ghost is the Father. And my Bible says God's not the author of confusion. And if the Father ain't the Father, honey, we got confusion in heaven. I'm not trying to paint you in a corner. I'm trying to help you understand that there's one God. Amen. One Lord, Paul said. One faith. One baptism. One God. And Father of all. Who's above all. Through all. And in you all. It's not hard to understand that He's Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in salvation. It's not hard to understand. It's just God that came as a man into the world He created to provide salvation to those that He loved. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise the Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody call upon the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody call upon the name of the Lord. I would to God that everyone in this building today that has not obeyed the gospel. God before the summer's ended. Before the end of summer on our calendar the last day of summer is the week from Thursday September the 22nd. I don't know if we've got that long. I really don't know how much time we've got left. All I know is if you're not saved you you need to get serious about being saved. Brother Walter Mr. Evangelist, you seem to have all the answers today. How can I be saved? I'm glad you asked. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus essentially in his ministry laid the foundation for the plan of salvation. He told those in Luke 24 before his ascension, he said, this is why I came. King James says it, thus have Christ to suffer. And arise from the dead the third day. That repentance, somebody say repent. Repentance and remission of sin. Somebody say baptism. Amen. Should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you're witnessing these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father. Say the Holy Ghost. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why he told them, uh, amen, in Matthew's gospel. This is how Matthew recorded it. Uh, he's Jesus said all power in heaven and earth belongs to me. Because of this, go ye therefore, because I, Jesus, have all power, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Father is not a name, but the Father has one. And of the Son. Son is not a name, but there is a name of the Son. And of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is not a name, but the Holy Ghost has a name. I'm just a man. I have a lot of responsibilities. I could could name a a, a list of things, that roles that I play, and positions I, I hold. Husband, evangelist. Friend, son, father, grandfather, cousin, uncle. But dad's not my name. Son's not my name. Husband's not my name. It's what I do. It's my responsibility. It's my function. But it's not my identity. There's no authority in Father because there's a bunch of daddies in the house. There's no authority in Son because there's many sons. My power and authority cannot be released by naming my titles, but it comes through the authority of my name. That's why Jesus said, baptize in the name of the Father. You know what his name is. Baptize in the name of the Son. You know what his name is? Name. One name. Baptize in the name of the Holy Ghost. There's not many names. It's name of the Father. Name of the Son. Name of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout that name. Of course it's the name of Jesus. Amen, he said he's seen me, you've seen the Father. He said I'll pray the Father, he'll send another comforter. And then he said, I'll not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. And Paul said the Holy Ghost is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Come on, he's Father, he's Son, he's Holy Ghost, he's comforter, he's healer, he's helper, he's friend. He's Jehovah this, Jehovah that. He's our health. He's our health. He's our strength. He's our banner. He's our light. He's our salvation. But his name is Jesus. And there's power in the name of Jesus. Repent, Peter said, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Somebody clap your hands and magnify. The name of Jesus Christ. Come on! I don't know about tomorrow, but I know about today. I don't know about the next hour, but I know about right right now. You have an opportunity uh, to do something uh, about your salvation. I'm not trying to see how straightforward I can be. If I didn't feel compelled in the Holy Ghost to say what I'm about to say, I promise you I wouldn't say it, but dear God, please don't be lost knowing the truth. Please don't miss heaven when you know how to get there. Please Please don't go out into eternity without making peace with God when you know how to make peace with God. There were those in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost and Acts 2. They didn't know. They didn't know. And so they asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? I've heard you preaching about Jesus. I've heard you tell that Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, you you preached Peter about his crucifixion, and, and now that same Jesus has been made both Lord and Christ, both Jehovah and Messiah. What can I do about what's been done? Peter said, I'm just going to tell you what Jesus said. Repent. Get out of the sin and business. Don't just be sorry you got caught. Be sorry because you want to change. Godly sorrow, the Apostle Paul said, that worketh salvation. Godly sorrow that brings salvation. Amen. Now when you repent, you really repent, you're going to feel better. But repentance doesn't save you. It helps you be saved. Amen. The Bible says, again, the words of Paul, that we die with him in repentance. We're buried with him in baptism. We're raised to walk in newness of life. It's the death, burial, and resurrection. Paul said to the Corinthian church, I declare unto you the gospel that I preached, how that Christ died, was buried, and rose again. That's what happens to us when we repent and get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost. We join him. Amen, we join Him in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. Amen. The Holy Ghost is not an extra gift. Talking in tongues is not something you learn. You learn how to yield. You learn from experience how to surrender. But you don't learn how to talk in tongues. You don't learn, amen, how to speak a a heavenly language. You can learn how to speak Spanish. You can learn how to speak French. You can learn how to speak Italian. Amen. When you get the Holy Ghost, it won't be a language you've learned. The Bible said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance, the ability to speak. Amen. You're surrendering. According to Scripture, the most unruly member of your body is your tongue. And you're surrendering your most unruly member to the presence of the Lord. In other words, you're saying, "I'm giving you everything. I'm surrendering how I express my emotions. Uh, I'm surrendering how I express my." How long's it been since you really surrendered your expressions? But the world above had the Holy Ghost fifty years. How long's it been since you really surrendered? Hey, man, how recent uh, is your Holy Ghost renewal? Come on, run revival. I'm reaching for sinners right now. Amen. But I'm also reaching for some good folks. Amen. If you're not careful, you'll get cold in your experience. You'll procrastinate and put off your total and complete surrender to the presence of the Lord. And a day will turn into a week. And a week will turn into a month. And a month will turn into a season. And a season will turn into a year. And you'll turn around. It's been a year or two since I really prayed through. Oh, no. Paul said, I I, daily. Amen, amen. Amen. if I let a day go by without praying through. I certainly don't want to go let another one go by. Somewhere I read in that book I preach out of about the renewing, washing of the water by the word and the renewing of the Holy Ghost preaching and praying through, preaching and praying through, preaching and praying through. Obeying the gospel is how you get in the church, but praying through and be renewed in the Holy Ghost is how you stay in the church that you got in. Amen. Let's stand and lift our hands right now. You lift up your voice all across this sanctuary. Jesus, you put your word in my mouth today. God, I'm nothing but your everything. Lord Jesus, you know I said what you told me to say. Hallelujah. God, I'm asking for revelation to come. Lord, illumination to come. I'm praying a fire, oh God. I'm praying a hunger and a passion for salvation, oh God. Lord, you know where we are. You know where we stand. You know where every one of us are with you right now, God. Come on, somebody pray with this preacher right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If I'd never repented of my sins, I'm telling you, if I was you, amen, I'd get down this altar. I'd join this evangelist down around the front, and I'd get down to business with God, and I'd go to repent of my sins. Amen. If I'd never been baptized in Jesus' name, amen, I'd talk with Pastor Riggin. And I'd say, what do I got to do to get baptized in Jesus' name? If I'd never received the Holy Ghost, I'd get in this altar and say, Lord, amen, I want to be saved. I want to obey the gospel. I don't want to just live a good life. Amen, Lord, I've accepted you as my Savior. Now I want you to save me. Lord, I've confessed with my mouth. I've believed in my heart. Now I'm doing something with my belief and my confession. Amen, I've called myself a believer. Now I'm proving my belief. Amen, Paul said. Amen, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Lord, I want to do more than profess and confess I want to manifest my faith. Somebody needs to take God up on his offer. Somebody right now, I'm doing my best to make it as easy as I can to respond to the call of God. Amen. Don't feel bad because you feel uncomfortable. That's called conviction. That's God telling you that's the truth. And you need to do something about it. Church, keep praying. Lord, bless you, sis. It takes guts to be the first one. Come on, somebody. You know you're feeling God. Don't just stand there and feel God respond to what you're feeling. Come on, you walked from your car to the door, and from the door to the pew. You've already come most of the way. It's nothing much further from your pew to the altar. Amen. Why not take a stand? Why not make a statement of faith that says, I intend to be saved. I'm not just going to know it. I'm going to obey it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to do something with it. Amen. Before Amen. Summer closes out. I intend to be saved. Hallelujah. I said before the end of summer, I intend to be saved. I intend to obey the gospel. Come on if you're going to do it. You better get started. You don't have much time left. <laughs> I said you don't have much time left. We got about 8 or 10 days left uh, of this summer season in 2022. I don't know how much longer uh, the season of salvation will be open for you. That's what Jeremiah is lamenting. Uh, There was a season of salvation. There was a time of harvest. Uh, There was an opportunity for deliverance. Uh, Amen. And we didn't uh, take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, Amen. We didn't do what we knew to do uh, when it was time to do it. Uh, And now the opportunity is past. Don't let the opportunity pass you by. Come on, while opportunity's knocking. Somebody open the door. Somebody do right with Jesus. Somebody do right with the gospel. Come on, somebody keep responding. Somebody keep praying. There's nothing I want more than to please God and do his will. There's nothing more important than being saved. Nothing's more important than being saved. Nothing's more important than being saved. Nothing's more important than being saved. saved. God, help us today. Amen. Don't let summer end and you're still not saved. I'm inviting everyone to gather around the front. Come on, let's pursue God together. Let's see some miracles happen in these altars this morning.